Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for all of the wonderful things that you are doing in the church at the moment. We thank you, Lord God, that you are so purposeful and that you come with intent, intent to save us and set us free, Lord God, that we can be with you for eternity. So I pray for the word that Andrew has in his heart at the moment, Lord God. I pray that there will be... um, and ease as it leaves his heart through his mouth, Lord God. And I pray that our hearts would be receptive um, and listening to understand, Lord, um, that we can start putting the pedal to the middle and that we can change our lives, that our lives can be changed, Lord. Um, So I pray, Lord God, for strength. I pray, Lord God, for courage. I pray, Lord God, for your um, finesse in the delivery of the word, Lord Jesus, um, that it can be spoken with honey and received with healing in your holy name. Amen. Um, I wasn't going to preach on this this week, but then I am, so <laughs> see what happens. Um, kind of want to, anyway, I've got a better heart for this sermon than I had. Last week I reflected on probably my presentation, I felt it was a bit harsh, um, and I was always told to, what's the most encouraging way you can say something? So that's my goal today, we'll see how we go, hey? But I want to talk about um, the tongue, I want to talk about how we speak. Um, and this really many years ago came out of Revelation. I was pretty much your average young Aussie guy who had the gift of sarcasm um, and could tear people down quite easily and quite quickly. Um, and I remember when I went along to a discipleship training program and coming across a verse in the Bible that said, um, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Um, and it really, and there's a few other verses like that, that really kind of sat me on my bum. And my first response was, I thought, oh my gosh. Um, I used to make a sport out of being able to make my younger sister cry. And so I was so convicted, I wrote a card and sent her some flowers and apologised for that. When I actually realised the power of words. Um, and, you know, the Bible goes on to say the tongue of the wise brings healing. And, and continuing on in the context that we're going to be um, engaging our community in the Red Shield Appeal, um, I'm just excited that the possibility, and we've seen it here this morning already um, through what Willie did, is that what was it like, Mavis, to hear that? What was it like to hear what Willie said? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, I, I just believe that our words have the ability, I generally take that verse literally, that our words have the ability to bring life to other people's spirits. And in the society that we live in, that, you know, so much, I mean, I so wish, I was in Melbourne this week, and just a couple of the biggest blessings of being away at this thing we had to go to, um, was I forgot there was an election on. I reckon if someone could start a party that just was encouraging and positive and didn't tear other parties down, they'd probably get a vote just for being different. So if anyone feels that inspiration this morning, 
please start the encouragement party or, or something. Just a thought, just a thought, but I think you'll get a lot of votes. Because we're so tired, aren't we, of, of the tearing down. Anyway, so I want to talk about the tongue. So three points this morning in James chapter 3. Um, in James chapter 3, James used um, six illustrations. And so I've just got three points with each of the two illustrations that he uses. Um, and the first one is, I can use my tongue to direct. Now, I wanted to reword this, but I couldn't work out a better way to say it. But in other words, my tongue's going to direct just whether I direct for good or for evil. So my tongue can't help but direct, it will. Um, so James 3, 3 and 4 says, When we put bits into the mouths of horses and make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. That's one illustration. Or take ships, that's the second illustration as an example. Although they are so large, they are driven by strong winds and they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So this first illustration, James likens a bit in a horse's mouth, though small in comparison to the size of a horse, it is what is used to give the horse direction. If we think of this, um, we realise that a horse can be a very dangerous animal. We are on a farm stay recently and we just had a little horse, you know, like a little pony. Pony. And even then the lady said, don't stand behind it. And there's a little guy there that lived on the farm. She said, I forget his name now. And she said, use the illustration that he had gotten behind the horse and had been kicked by the horse because he was doing something wrong and was behind the horse. So horses, you think of a big horse, they kind of intimidate me a bit. Um, I'd much rather a motorbike because you always got control of a motorbike. Well, you should, I think there's more chances of controlling a motorbike than a horse, but you know, if you're into horses, you're probably good at controlling that. But they intimidate me a bit. So therefore, the rider needs to be skilled, maybe that's my problem, in their ability to use a bit in controlling the horse. James is getting to the point that we are not qualified to control our tongue. Just if you're wondering, um, just to normalize it, we're not qualified to control our tongue. It needs to be surrendered to the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus is a skilled operator who, when given control of our lives, gives us the power and wisdom to control our tongue. You can see where I want to end up landing this morning. The other illustration James gives, gives is of a ship. Here again, the size of the rudder in comparison to the ship is great. Such a small part of the ship, yet a part that is control of the whole ship. Again, if a large ship loses control of its rudder, it can spell disaster. You ever seen those things on like Facebook or wherever those videos come up? Well, I saw one the other day. I don't like watching them. This ship just crashed into a dock. Like This guy obviously had no idea what he's doing, and this massive ship um, created all kinds of havoc. So we need a skilled and trained captain at the helm. James is making the point that our tongue gives direction to those around about us. This direction can be helpful or harmful. We think about this at the moment. Um, President Putin gave the word to go to war. Hey, it's just a word. Oh, my gosh. Look where his word, has, what his word has led to. The words of a school teacher can, to the pupil, can influence their pupils' life direction. I'm sure you can remember school teachers, some who were encouraging and some who were discouraging, who affected the directions of our lives. A word of encouragement at the right time can keep someone on course 
or a hurtful, discouraging word can get someone way off course. My tongue has the power to give direction. Our tongue has great influence on those around about us. It's our decision whether we use it to build or to destroy. So first, um, second point is the first thing we can do is use our tongue to destroy. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course on, of his life on fire, and it, 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 <laughs> and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So James goes on to warn his readers that they can use their tongue to be destructive, and he gives two more illustrations. First of all, a fire. And he draws a comparison of the size of the tongue to its power, as he says, it only takes a little spark to ignite a deadly fire. I'll never forget... I think it was um, December 2002, I think it was. Um, and we were celebrating having our family store in Toronto Lake Macquarie being open for um, 12 months. And so we were having a sausage sizzle. And I remember cooking at the sausage sizzle and seeing this big plume of smoke in the west. I, I had no idea what was coming. And what had happened was someone, they think, possibly just flicked a cigarette out of a window on the freeway going north or south, probably south. And this fire got out of control. I remember it because we were the Salvation Army in Toronto right then and we're driving around with our emergency trailer at 6 o'clock at night through Fennel Bay after the fireys had already left and the sparkles in the... We didn't know what had burnt down and what hadn't. And of course, some of the worst bushfire in the Toronto area had ever seen... So in just over 24 hours, 100 hectares were destroyed. People's property damaged, including a house burnt to the ground. And it took seven helicopters and hundreds of firefighters and the grace of God in a weather change to bring the fire under control. Great illustration, isn't it? Hey, that James uses. As easily as a cigarette can be flicked from a moving car, not hard to do, so too a few words can so easily roll off our tongue and bring devastation to a person's heart or even their faith. One of the um, people sharing this week at the conference I was at talked about how one of their family members, you know, the Aussie tall poppy syndrome, particularly a generation ago, it's terrible, um, used to nickname him useless. Hey, useless. And it stuck. And then his mates heard him use the word and so and his mates used to, and it's just a joke. Are useless. And then he had to work through that because, you know what, words can very easily become part of our identity. Actually, I remember um, at the school we used to do a thing called Father Heart of God and we have a ministry time where you'd have an opportunity. We'd pick names out of a hat, you know, very biblical process. And um, whoever name you got, you would pray and you'd get a word of encouragement for them and then you'd display it in some way. And I'll never forget one time a student got for another student, they wanted to rewrite their name. And so they put a shirt on them, and we all got to write a positive word on their shirt, to rewrite, you know, to restore what the enemy had, had stolen away. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to use our tongue not for evil, but for good, to rewrite people's stories. I still remember 
the positive words people had spoken to me 30 years ago, 40 years ago. They stick, they bring life to us. Um, the other illustration is a good one, is of wild animals and how we've been, they've been tamed and goes on to say, who can tame the tongue, likening it to an untamed animal. And um, I just wondered what it would be like if I brought a wild pig in here this morning. <laughs> that would be different, wouldn't it? Um, I'd probably get some bad feedback, you know, like a big old black-haired wild pig, cause some damage. But that's what James is comparing. Our tongue can be like a wild pig. You wouldn't let a wild pig in your house. We wouldn't let one in here. But sometimes we march through the door of our homes with a wild pig flapping. Don't we? can bring all kinds of destruction. We can imagine what a wild pig would do um, in our house. I give you permission this morning, if you hear someone speaking negatively or destructively, to just lovingly change the subject. Hey, I used to love, we've quoted many times, Robin Funnell, who's moved out to Armadale, but she was one of our culture carriers here. And those who know Robin, she used to, if she heard anyone gossiping, she'd say, oh, we don't do that here, and change the subject. Hey, it's so gentle, so easy. We don't have to condemn, we don't have to judge, just change the subject. Yeah, I say this to people often. Um, it's really easy not to argue. You just stop engaging. And, you know, I've, I've never watched anyone, well, sometimes people argue with themselves. But if someone's arguing with me and I stop engaging, it, like, where do they go? It's that easy just to stop. And same with gossip. I just need to not engage with it. Or negative talk, just not engage with it. Um, so it's actually quite easy to do. Um so thirdly, I can use my tongue to delight. And this is the one I really want to emphasize this morning because it just excites me. Um, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Now, it sounds negative, but it's not as negative as it sounds. In verse 11, we have our fourth illustration, the spring, the picture of water and life-giving water. I'm not sure, but when I used to be part of a Rotary Club, we raised money um, for a spring to be built, um, put down and developed in one of the villages in Zambia. And if you've ever been part of anything like that, um, in those countries where there's no water source, a spring or a bore changes the life of the village and that's what our tongues can do water is necessary for life and health so too our tongue can give life and health to a person's spirit proverbs 10 lots of verses in proverbs about the use of our tongue and our words proverbs 10 11 says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life How, i love that picture your tongue my tongue can be a fountain of of life this is just my own theory you know i haven't built a theology around it or anything but i just wonder just i've wondered right what's the difference between animals and us because the bible says we're made in the image of god i think one of the significant things that's different is that we can speak words and think just hang in there with me for a minute because god created the world by faith 
through his word. How interesting, hey? We can speak, I believe through faith we can speak things into being. You know, if we're in accordance to God's word and in his spirit. But we have that significant power um, to bring life. Interesting. Proverbs twelve eighteen. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I love, I love, I'm passionate about seeing people's hearts healed. And I love the idea. On um, Friday night, I was at college, um, and so doing a practical subject at the moment. And um, we were role-playing. And, and someone said to me years ago, role-play can very quickly become real play. And you know what? I had the opportunity to speak life into someone's heart. And I come away just buzzing. Just buzzing. Now, God invites us to be part of his creative process. And we can do that through the way we speak into other people's lives. I'll never forget um, in our first church, we'd been on holidays. You know, normally, you know, the, just if you're wondering, uh, the devil doesn't wait until you're ready, until he attacks. He usually waits, you know, until you're already on the ground and then he comes to seek the boot in. That's how the devil plays, just if you're wondering. And so we'd been on a holiday, we came back and um, opened the door to find all these letters shoved under our door of our youth pastor quitting and letters from the DCs, the boss, you know, his dad had written to the boss and it's all this stuff. And, you know, I didn't react so well. You can't imagine that, hey. And I said to Melissa, and, you know, I, this is not something I would say, but I was hurt, I was angry. And I said to Melissa, um... If something doesn't happen, I'm going to ring headquarters and ask for a move. You know, because in the Salvation Army, you can have a dummy spit and say, oh, I'm out of here, and they'll more often move you. And um, we don't believe in that, but that night, that's what I said. You know what? Just as I'd finished saying that, one of our youth group kids, 16 years of age, rang and said, I just want you to go, guys to know I love you and I miss you. How's that for timing? That's why I don't believe in coincidence, friends. And you know what? That just shifted my spirit almost immediately. And I knew God was in it. I knew God would fix it. I knew God would bring good out of it and had peace almost suddenly. We can seriously influence, I believe, a person's destiny with our words. The final illustration James uses is a tree. James understood the importance of trees in his own land, particularly desert land. They were important to the economy. They helped hold down the soil. They provided beauty and shelter and provided fruit. You know, our words can shelter the weary from life's journey. How good is that? They can also be used by God to feed a hungry soul for God's truth. In conclusion, a Christian got angry at work. And let loose with some bad language. He turned embarrassed to his friend and said, I don't know why I said that. It really isn't in me. And his friend gently and wisely replied, It had to be in you or it wouldn't have come out of you. And one of the most helpful, I think, can be intimidating, but helpful verses in Matthew fifteen eighteen says, But the things that come out, of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean.
So I've learned over the years, I don't necessarily need a word of knowledge, although that's good, or a word of wisdom from someone. When my heart's running rough, I just listen to what comes out of my mouth. Hey? And that's what I always didn't understand these verses about, you know, salt spring and fresh water and salt can't come out of the same spring. What that's talking about is as God changes our heart, our language will change. And that's what's happening to me when I was 22. I realized the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so my heart towards how I spoke, my God changed my heart. You know what? Here's the funny thing. I actually think I possibly have a gift of encouragement. Isn't that interesting? Because the enemy has a strategy for our life too. And so as a 15, 16-year-old, I had a gift of sarcasm. Was that the enemy's strategy for my life? And when I gave my heart to Jesus, it turned into a gift of encouragement. Isn't that interesting how God can bring change in our lives by changing our hearts? And that's where I want to land this morning is that don't stop trying to change your words or change your tongue. Just re-surrender your heart to Jesus. Say, God, I need some heart surgery. You know, I just need some heart surgery. Um, I've had some feedback in the last few weeks from a couple of different people that I trust that I'm a bit cynical. And so I'm just looking up. I said, I don't even know what the word cynical means. <laughs> so I looked it up. And I'm going, Lord, if I'm a bit cynical, help my heart. You know, I'm just sitting with that and letting the Lord work on that. You know, I wonder this morning, um, how do you think your heart's going? Yeah, the Holy Spirit can show us. Holy Spirit can tell us. But often by our words, as Jesus said, we can get some idea of where our heart's at. You know, whether we're holding on to some bitterness. You know, whether we're discouraged. Um, whatever's going on for us. So as the band comes this morning, what I'd invite you to do is just think about, reflect on how you've spoken after, over the last week. And sometimes, some of the worst things I say, I say not in the company of anyone, but it's still revealing what's in my heart. And if I reflect on that, then I can come to Jesus and say, Lord, can you help me? What's going on? I say to the Lord, what's going on in my heart? My gosh, what's going on for me right now? Can you come and can you heal my heart? Um, the other thing I want us to do um, if you're comfortable with this, is um, if you feel, and you do it over morning tea, but you can do it while we're doing this if you like, um, if you have a word of encouragement for someone, just go over to them and speak it to them. Is that okay? Um, I love this church. It's an encouraging church. And I thank you for all the encouragement that I receive through this church. It's not my job to receive encouragement in this church. It's, for me, it's like a bonus. And um, it brings life to me. And um, so if you want to do that in this time while the band plays, either come and sit and let God search your heart. Say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Pray that prayer. And come and kneel and ask God to change your heart um, if that needs to happen. Um, if you feel a word of encouragement for someone this morning, then I encourage you to take the opportunity to go and give that to them. And um, realize that your words can um, bring life to people today.